Many people have problems with art and not with reality. So what is art different? It's pretty simple, right? This is knowledge, this is thinking, this is thought. Yeah, it does something strange with your head. Welcome to the Undergang Armchair. Bring it. Welcome to the Undergang Armchair. My name is Ando. Well, folks, here we are again. How is everybody? As you have certainly ascertained, this episode is covering the 1000 Books Art Book Festival. Even if I did tell you I would never cover a festival anymore. <laughs> they are a pain to uh, edit and organize, but uh, man, it's so much fun to meet everybody. But the kind folks at Lolrot Vanrot, that is Johan and Fleming, are such great dudes and were so welcoming that, uh, that we had to do it. So that being said, it was actually well worth it. I had a really good time. Got to meet some new listeners too. So I'm going to keep this intro short because there's a lot to bite into here. I should probably mention that you may want to familiarize yourself with some of the links on the show notes for this page. Look at some of the images. It'll help contextualize a lot of the conversations. You'll see uh, what the fair looked like, etc., etc. Even if I only spoke with a small percentage of the exhibitors and artists, as you know, the same problem came up that always comes up, namely that they're busy presenting their works and engaging with the public, do not have time to talk to my annoying ass with a microphone. It still came in, though, at uh, a little over an hour. So strap yourself in. We're going to start with Fleming Overbeck. He's one half of Lolret Vanrat, which is the publishers who organized and put this whole thing up. They're also a book publisher. Check out their work. But Fleming is going to talk about the new form of the festival. Some of you may remember it was in a supermarket before and about the future of indie publishing. And that's starting right now. Now we're professional. Yeah. You know. Um, welcome back to the program. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, here we are again after uh, what's been two years since the last one? Pretty ex- pretty much exactly two years, I yeah. think. Yeah. And this time it's, uh, it's a completely different thing. Yeah, it's a different setting. It's a different... Um, the onset is different. The, um, the ambition of the exercise so to speak is, is very different um, in the supermarket we wanted to basically bring a, a, a book fair um, to Copenhagen we weren't really concerned so we just wanted the ind- independent publishing scene that was thriving still is thriving to be represented with a book fair in Copenhagen and the supermarket setting was conceptually a, 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 a funny one a fitting one um, it was great. People loved it. It was it was cool, but it also was uh, free a free uh, free rent, uh, a lock on the door, lighting, Wi-Fi. Uh, uh, we built tables out of pallets that were you know that the grocer uh, lent us, and mm-hmm. so it kind of just it fit in that way. And it was um, it was a little more punk rock. Do it yourself. Yeah, it was uh, a little DIY, and it was uh, um, it was just a funny. Um, a funny setting and and uh, and and uh, more traditional f- 
book market book fair in that sense and then then this year we we wanted to um to it was, it's a different it was a different uh totally different beast uh different ambition we wanted to deal with the thing of 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 exhibiting books um which as we heard at the seminar on Thursday is a real pain in the ass it's really no, hard. yeah it's it's i mean it's 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 super hard because the book is so refined and it's a it's such a has been honed and has been it's such an effective medium and it's such an old medium and and um and it's a sequential kind of left to right or right to left depending on where in the world you are um content can't be viewed um in the same in the same in in in, in one uh one time and 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 uh, you have to flip through it and and so but like i said also in the presentation at the talk we have been asked to send books off to exhibitions about books and uh, that is where kind of we started thinking about this and talking about this was that we didn't feel that displaying books on a just laying them flat out on a table in a reading room session was a f- reading rooms are great but it's it it was a underwhelming as a exhibition experience because the independent book making book publishing scene is so popular so you'd get openings for the shows and there would be so many people and you know in in an opening setting you can you can be at a at a show with stuff on the walls or sculptures or sound installations and you can be standing around socializing but still in the art and still see and hear and smell or whatever that you you um with engage with the art and engaging with 50 different books sprawled out on a table is not really easy yeah, it's a whole different setup. It's it's much more of the old, uh, you know, it's a traditional market setup. It could be antiques you're selling. It could be books. It could be whatever. Right, right. So we decided to um, to invite, um, in this case, um, thirteen imprints to um, propose how they would exhibit a book um, in in a in a gallery setting. Mm. More specifically, uh, it well, it turned out uh, where well, we uh, approached uh, Charlottenburg Kunsthalle and they thought it was a good idea, wanted to to be in on it with us, and um, and and now we have uh, we have uh, a lot of space. Uh, it's a huge frame. I mean, considering what you guys came from two years ago to this, it's been a, it's it's, a, it's night and day, you know. Yeah, um, I think we have about. Maybe six hundred square meters, maybe more, mm-hmm. in these amazing galleries, ten meter ceilings, mm-hmm. um, and I think uh, I think the invited exhibitors, imprints, artists have have uh, done an absolutely amazing job in in in. Uh, utilizing the space and expanding their book projects, so to speak. I agree. It doesn't look forced. You know, you may be concerned that they would not, you know, it would be hard for them to jump off the off the press and onto the walls, so to speak. Right. But it doesn't look forced at all. It's, it's quite natural, and uh, there's a nice fluidity between the printed matter and the exhibited content in the space. Well, thank you. Uh, I like the spectrum that is represented as well. Um, there are... There's been a dance performance, sound, readings, mm-hmm. f- flat works on the wall, more traditionally presented, um, 
textile works, uh, mm. clay sculptures, all kinds of, of, of different ways of... I mean, it looks like a contemporary art exhibition, which mm. I think is, is fantastic. I'm really happy about that. Obviously, it's an eclectic uh, and, in that sense, not tightly curated show, um, but, you know, that's the part of the premise. We invited um, 13 very different uh, publishers. Well, I mean, again, they span a spectrum as well um, to, to invite artists that they've worked with uh, on a book project to then mm. to then try to expand it like I said and, and, and I think um, there's an interesting uh, interesting relationships between some of the installations but but um, and especially uh, we, we have how many rooms we have two four six we have like six or seven rooms and I think there's a different vibe vibe from room to room and, and, oh yeah and, totally and, and, and a nice flow through the through mm-hmm. the whole thing well, one thing that kind of really has struck me throughout this whole thing to kind of change gears, I was at the seminar that you guys put on on Thursday, yes. and it seemed like there, uh, you know, it was great. There was a talk by Marita Jankowski, which kind of set things off and ruffled some feathers yeah. about whether the way I understood it was were art books in a way undeveloped, underdeveloped, or overdeveloped. You know that they're that 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 they exist in a niche which but uh, which keeps them outside of some of the critical eye right which uh, which other art maybe falls under right did you what did you get out of that well i think like i said to her um or at the talk i i i said that that it was nice to hear how someone outside of this club so to speak mm. uh looking in through the windows is seeing this community and um I think that I think when she said that that uh, so she commented on the fact that uh, book exhibitions and book projects are often being she was talking about semantics basically how a book show is being presented and said uh, presented in a way or there was a title of a show called the most beautiful Swiss books and she said what would happen if you called an exhibition the most beautiful Swiss paintings right and the, and, the, and, the idea and, was and, you'd get shredded right, for doing that right uh, and that she was kind of poking a little bit of a finger at, at the kind of holistic kind of ooh this is handmade but I think that right. um I think that there is a there is a validity to that uh, to that comment and that observation, but I think I think that uh, the people that we work with here and and the the best publishers out there would never uh, try to add value to anything because of how it was made if it does not relate to the concept of of the project in a broader uh, in a broader sense right so the fact that something is handmade is absolutely not uh, something that adds value to anything if it's just by the virtue of being handmade garbage is garbage yeah exactly so um, but that was that was fun and and it it certainly woke people up and uh, (laughs) it did wake up a sleepy crowd for sure and that was great 
But I mean, it also struck me. It made me think about like you know we're used to books being perceived as a as a democratic right process. Right. It's for everybody. They're available. They're affordable. And she put a question mark on that idea that maybe books aren't that democratic. That it is a closed niche. And if a book, uh, you know, it's all perceived value anyways. Right. And that, in a way, also struck me as a weird proxy argument for the art world in general. Right. You know, it's the same things you talk about are museums. Who are museums for? Well, one argument for um, the book being more democratic maybe than a show is that it does last. And uh, I forget who brought it up, but there was the, the issue of, I think it was Bruno Ceskel who talked about the fact that we don't have any way of archiving um, digital art at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and books are archival. And so, printed matter is archival. Um, and yeah, I mean, we don't print our books, for instance, in more than I think the largest edition we've done is 500 copies. But that's more. That's not because we want to add value to it by the virtue of it being scarce. Mm. It's just because we don't want to be administrators and booksellers. Really, we want to. You know, we don't want to have boxes of books uh, you don't want a garage full we want to you know get one project out and then move on on to the on to the next and then you know down the line and this is the practice that we see mirrored as well like you might choose to then reprint a title with on a different paper or so or with a different color ink or Mm. or whatever or Mm. uh, people like Taba Auerbach who is producing open-ended editions under the moniker uh, Diagonal Press because she was uh, just appalled by the kind of art market and the kind of secondary market uh, trading of her works is that she was her her friends were not able to purchase her her art so she has now started making objects and um, books in open-ended editions and will never sign any of it and so I there's again there's a spectrum of practices that definitely kind of are examples of how books in a way are still democratic Um, right I mean compared to a painting on the wall there's no argument yeah do we uh, do you think I mean we're in a time right now where art books are I don't want to say booming, but there's been a huge influx, mostly along with technological improvements or uh, ease of use, like you said, uh, that with, there's so many more presses, there's so many book fairs, so much. Just in five, ten years, uh, do you think we're in danger of reaching peak book? Are we, uh, or, or is it just uh, onwards and upwards forever? I don't know. I've certainly thought about it because... Yeah, it's just getting... It's crazy, right? I mean, it's, it's crazy, but it's good because it there's so many cool books coming out and it's frustrating that you can't keep up with... <laughs> you want to see and handle all of it, which right. is, at this point is, is impossible, but I don't know. I don't know enough about the kind of... Well, I guess in a way it's just... M- kind of, I don't know. It's a macroeconomics of the printing, independent printing world. I don't. I, I have no idea. Um, well, it's a stupid question because, in a sense, the, it's, it'd be like saying, "Is the internet going to uh, going to go away?" You know, it's just an ease of ex- it's an accessibility and ease of use, and well, whoever wants to I've, can do it. I've, sometimes I think about it like at one point, you know, having a website if you're a, an artist was a 
was kind of a big deal and a super efficient tool in getting your work out there and was not something that everyone had and or could have easily mm-hmm. um, and I'm seeing I've seen parallels with that with books now is that you the book is such an effective way of efficiently communicating your work uh, and representing your yourself as or your work as an artist and 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 um, and maybe there's the next thing that becomes that effective popular thing but uh i mean at this point the whole like it's not as prevalent anymore thank god but i mean the whole beating of the drum about how print is dying is um oh yeah that didn't turn out really to be <laughs> i mean a very successful british publisher that i'm not gonna name spent a lot of time kind of uh, uh, promoting their digital platform and their digital books and apps with books and stuff and I mean it just it just hasn't caught on and uh, it's not a replacement yeah in no way it's no, another tool no, it's, it's another, another thing, thing but. And, and you shouldn't try to make a book on a digital I mean it's do something there's so many cool digital art projects advanced super advanced on the that that deal with the circumstances of the digital condition and that's much more interesting than trying to make a book on an ipad right and there's people even like the exposed who's showing here right who have a phenomenal platform uh, blending the two yeah exactly yeah um you you have you know sound moving image all kinds of multimedia content and and that's much more interesting than trying to have something that you can flip through on a on an ipad but that, but then again uh, another point is that the digital platform and, and and interface is still you know you, we are still talking about a web page you know and that is definitely from you know the book world and right. you you still go backwards and forwards through your browser and and, and you know web pages are laid out uh, you swipe so, on your ipad like turning a page yeah exactly so you know there's definitely a correlation and a relationship that you can't uh, dismiss but it's i think it's getting a lot more uh, wishy-washy uh, yeah. yeah well I have one final question I'll let you go here do you at all have time for your own work in all this I mean because no one's mentioning the fact that you are a, an artist also right and um, you seem I mean you may be a little like me you're drowning in other shit to do <laughs> right um, being a I've spent more time and energy on being a bookmaker and whatever else it is that we do with love and not than I have maybe spend on my own work but um, that has certainly informed my practice and the way I think about my work um, so uh, in a way working with Vlad Vanad has been working with my own work as well and um, I have something I have a few projects brewing that will turn into books uh, in the near future and um, and uh, a few shows uh, coming up so so um, it's happening I've had some time yeah cool yeah. All right, well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, as you probably started to gather, the setup of the show was having the publishers come and exhibit not only their books, but also to make an exhibition using some of the artists from their books. So, we're going to start by talking to some of these artists. First up is Eric Steinbrecher. For this conversation, we're also joined by one of our producers, Laura Palmer. 
So, just to pipe you into the conversation here, uh, what's your name and what are you here to do? My name is uh, Eric Steinbrecher. I'm kind of the guest of Winfried Heininger. Who has Kadoji Press. Exactly. He's from, uh, we know each other from Switzerland. He's German. He lives in Switzerland. I'm Swiss. I live in Germany. So, we crossed our ways. And you're presenting an installation next door, correct? Um, is that it you? Is, it is a show, yeah. It's a show, okay. <laughs> I installed the show. Okay. Is it also a... Uh, there's a performance coming also, is that right? Um, With some white I, I, I did this tiny performance before. I just made the two shirts wet. It's announced that I will do it in public, but I did not. So I just put it in water and... Now they are dry again. They are business okay. shirts. They have to drive quickly. <laughs> and they're hanging on the wall? They're hanging on the wall. And I guess Winfried will, will make them wet again tomorrow. So it's a, a kind of a vernissage idea, you know. Mm. Or uh, a fresco uh, painted in fr- freshly, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the background. A nice wet mosaic. <laughs> <laughs> are you also presenting any books here? Um, we, Winfried and I, we did, we know each other for a while and we did, I do personally a lot of printed matters with different um, colleagues and designers, editors and with Winfried. So I have to share a bit my energy and my, or I like to share and to shift. And with Winfried we did, I guess, about five issues now. Oh, wow. And th- these are to see here on his shelf. And for this uh, venue here, event, we, we tried to do stuff. Uh, it was, it's much more a poster, a folded poster, uh, a wrapped poster. And it looks more like uh, a fish, a, a graphic, a poster. Mm. But it's not a book. So what do you, I mean, for you, you're, you both, uh, you know, have a show and some printed matter. Yeah, this is. Uh, we discussed that in the morning. I'm, I'm, I'm happy what I did, in the sense. Uh, I gave everything, so I'm happy. <laughs> this is a good technique. I learned that from uh, a friend, uh, Thomas Hirschhorn. It's quite known. He, he, um, he was once asked in public, um, "Are you content?" And he became kind of angry. He said, "I'm not content. I'm happy." <laughs> And then they said, "Why are you happy?" He said, "Because I give, I, I, I cannot give more." So because I did everything, I, I'm not so pathetic. But just, to, <laughs> but just to say, uh, yesterday evening I had a very good feeling because I found out something, and that's that's my goal, you know. To because in this case, these fabrics and the fruits um, are older and newer, so. I, I like the more and more to bring like boxes. This is a, like a Duchamp idea to bring the box, open the box, develop, wrap in, and go home. So this is this makes it the, the process quite relaxed. Mm. So it's different, every and it time. allows me to 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 not to uh, project and go in and trust myself, mm. you know, mm. and I do it uh, as far as I can go and. Till I'm happy, till I think it's okay. So I, I'm really thankful to be here because I found out something. That's great. When that happened. So and and what I see a bit critical in the in the show is 
Um, I'm I'm a, I'm an artist who, as I told you before, I do lots of different stuff like printed matters, commission works, collaborations, studio work, uh, teaching, and and this is for me a chance to. And I studied architecture. I, I, I'm not trained as an artist. So I'm really interested in spaces, in situations, and in process, mm-hmm. and structure, and all that stuff. And for me, it's uh, always uh, on the level of étude. Mm. But this, is, this has a look of a, of a, of a piece which I like, and that's why I'm happy. Uh, what, what I don't like about this uh, show <laughs> is that it feels a bit like kiosk, next to kiosk and, uh, and, and uh, a thing which pimps it, pimps it up or illustrated it mm-hmm. I, for the next time I will propose to, to, to install a huge space with the editors and if they like the kind of satellite, a satellite show here it's a bit uh, like more know, like a market space yeah, two, two separate mm-hmm. It's a little hard maybe to differentiate between who's who and what's what here, but uh, I guess that's kind of the problem with a book fair in general. How do you Mm. set it up? So, I mean, would you want it to be more exhibition-like or more Mm. Uh, market-like? I'm a bad bad businessman. That's why I'm not so much in in market. uh, um, Although my father was an economic, so I'm, I'm a bit close to this. But I'm really, I could be fit, but I, I have no um, long-time energy for that. So I'm, I'm, I, like, I like things as we spoke, um, that they happen. Yeah. So, so this is a wonderful space, wonderful people, lots of ideas. And that's, that's, that's rich and fine. But uh, uh, the structure is not on precise enough for me, for my taste, maybe. And uh, we had, I had an experience. I'm working with the guys who um, organized the, the Berlin Fair. They, we have two now. We have uh, friends with books and Miss Reed. And I'm, I'm a bit in the, in the team of the friend with books because we are friends. Vanessa Adler and Savannah Gordon, they do that. Mm-hmm. And they did it in December in the Hamburger Bahnhof. And there they tried as well to make a, a market mm-hmm. and a show. And they um, succeeded not definitely because they had more ed- editor than they wished because they needed some money and had no support. Right. In the future, there will be a, a more selected market and a show. And the context is a museum, was, so the sh- a show is uh, like uh, normal. Yeah. And here's the same, and here's, here's the mix is okay, but not on the point for me. Yeah. I feel like I, so I'm here as a visitor, really, and it, when the artwork is mixed with books, it makes you a bit, you're a bit afraid to touch the books. They look more like an art piece, and maybe yeah. I shouldn't be touching it. So it, it creates a bit of a distance between something you're supposed to take yeah. a look at, perhaps. I don't know if many people had that same. And, and, and what about the artworks? Is this the, the other one? They make it weaker, it, more it's, weak? It's kind of odd because there was um, uh, a performance going on. Yeah. Uh, I forgot the name of the artist. I think it's Free Women. Meta, yeah. Yeah. Like this uh, lecture or this... Uh, they're reading up. They're reading, reading yeah. up some a reading, text. A reading, yeah. And 
at the same time, I was looking at books. So I also I felt like maybe I should look at books first and then look at artwork mm. afterwards. So it, it would make sense to separate them. Yeah, I mean, I think this is in a way a grand experiment because the whole fair was based off of, it, it was created under the idea of having it in a supermarket, which just had a completely different audience and a completely different, it was very much a market and, and virtually no exhibition. They had no extra space. It was just a big square of tables where everybody stood on the inside and sold their books to the crowd on the outside. So this becomes an entirely different thing and it's much more selective too. There was two or three times as many uh, exhibitors the other times, mm -hmm. so it was it was more anybody can come and do this, and if they feel it's uh, you know so now we're talking about we're talking to an art going public. We're in a very well known Danish art institution where the crowd is going to be uh, familiar with the space, and 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 so it, it it's a whole different balance mm -hmm. essentially. And what you did, for example, your exhibition in there would be impossible in the other one. Yeah. It only works here because yeah. this is more of an yeah. exhibition yeah. context. What, what I liked a lot uh, discussing with these uh, guys I mentioned in Berlin was, was to say that even a market, maybe in this certain context or even in the, the supermarket, is supposed to be a show. To, to understand it as a market, yes, but as an apparatus, as mm -hmm. a living thing, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. and, and that's why I, I would say to separate would be a good idea, even if it's a simple idea, mm -hmm. just to say, to bring it in the context of show, it's, it's another show within a show. That would be, for me, the best. And I feel a bit, I, I feel okay, but a bit uh, illustrating, as if I'm, I, I, I <laughs> I really like to to step from field to field. I'm I'm curious enough to do the, let's say, working with architects or uh, designers. So I, I'm okay to to be in another field. But in here, I feel a bit like a designer. <laughs> it sounds strange, but it, it's when when you do stuff like I do. Unfortunately, you need a, you need a certain milieu or context to, mm. to, to read it. Maybe. What do you mean exactly? Like, what kind of milieu would you be looking for? I mean, when when, when I exhibit in, in in other group shows, like in the art group shows, and it's more clear what it's supposed to be. I'm not sure if it is, but I, I, I feel like you know. Right. Well, that might be the experimental nature, or at least the fact that it's the first time they've held it here. Yeah, yeah. So the, 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 they're perhaps learning as they're going. Yeah. Um, I mean, people are, are looking at the books, and that's nice. Um, but it seems... It may be the fact that it's not quite as alive as... as yeah, yeah, that's, that's, I think that's the shift. And if you would concentrate the, 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 the touching, the looking, and the business, then it's then it's one thing. And, and art, that's maybe the, the, the answer, but also hmm. needs a certain... And in this, when you do it like this... Within other uh, also, uh, contexts, this context allows you, that's what I thought alone today, it allows you to be uh, in clausur, calm, mm -hmm. concentrated, off everything. Right. Yeah. And, and there are periods in, the, in, in art history, they, they said, go out of the uh, uh, white cube, go out. Uh, connect yeah. the life and art is more, should be more connected. Mm. I think this is just one of many possibilities and, and I really like 
to be in museums or shows to be calm in contact with my stuff and here I think it, it's a bit a, a, cl- a cloud or like um, a con- a, really a context that uh, brings you to the books and I, yeah, I can say I don't like that so much mm. Mm. Do you participate in a lot of book fairs? Uh, since a while, yes. Sometimes I have a table. I'm, I'm a businessman, and I really must. I must say, I like to 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 take money. I mean, <laughs> in a sense, I like if if there is a circulation. Yeah, right. Yeah, you have a lot of interesting talks, wonderful people, and it's really fun. The the, the, the coffee t- tastes better if you sold the book before. <laughs> That's really, really nice. Of course. No, um, no. I sometimes I go. I was in Basel, in Vienna, in. Yeah, sometimes it's it's for me it's an it's a good trip and uh, yeah. But I mean, you were talking earlier about how you pack out boxes for yeah. making an exhibition. It seems like the opposite is making a book because you make it and that's it. That is your book. You can't change it. You can't reinterpret yeah. it. You can't do anything. Yeah, but, but, yeah. That, that's but but uh, as I said before, uh, my my practice is to to. To think about what can I do within this structure and this structure, so every structure or, or space or, or event or opportunity allows this and this, and the other thing that is not allowed or it's not. So the book for me is is a chance to make sometimes an independent show. You know, I use it as a space, mm-hmm. a, a thing. No one uh, uh, comments anything, so right. I do it like autark, which is a chance. And and it gives gives uh, it allows me to to give an idea about uh, an issue and, and that's it and that's why it's not so concrete. You know, you can go through. Uh, for instance, the book I did with me with, with the hairstyles or the shaky lake of Zurich or or the food rests on plates. So it's much more a view than a, than than a finished work. Mm. And, and I think for the, for this approach, booklets are wonderful. Mm. Yeah. There was a, there was it's still an open an open space, I would say. Yeah. Mm. There was somebody at the uh, at the seminar on Thursday who said something really interesting. They said that uh, artists see books as a visual space instead of a telepathic space. That would be that the reader creates a telepathic space within a book if you think of a classic novel or whatever whereas artists see it simply as an exhibition a, a visual space and I thought that was really a, an interesting way to yeah. define the difference I, between an artist book and a regular book I, w- I would agree yeah. I would agree uh, it's just a type of exhibition mm. I, I restarted to read more I, I stopped a bit but I, I bought some glasses now it's more fun to read so I really <laughs> read and, and I, I, I like this idea to read and, and uh, close your eyes kind of and, mm-hmm. yeah, and follow the, the writer that's wonderful and, but I think uh, the way I perceive art or visual for me it's it's the same I, I really I, I don't really think uh, a painting is uh, a precious thing I need it as a vehicle uh, a door that opens me in a, in a field you know mm-hmm. so but but um, as I said before yeah a book is, is uh, yeah it's a show it's a, it's a is yeah. it more democratic than a painting would you say um when you ask me concerning the economic or the, the, the marketing side or the, the, the 
I'm sure that I love the, distri- the, the aspect of distribution with the books because I can do a work and spread it out, you know. I, I like the idea I invest, let's say, a thousand and it costs five euros and the best by thousand people. So it's a, a huge work. Right. I like that. And it's accessible to I like way that. more people. It's accessible and I like it. Yeah. yeah. The other hand is in, in, in our world, when it costs five euros, it's, it's worth like five euros. Right. It means it can happen that it, it goes under the, the shelf, like, you know. But this is, this is not my problem. This is, uh, right. Perceived value. I mean, you, you're the creator. You're not necessarily yeah. the... Uh, yeah. The uh, person who has to concern with long-term value, mm. or you know, and uh, you know, most people at a museum would walk in and look at something and then go well, and walk away. You know, yeah. whereas maybe one out of ten, one out of twenty, one out of thirty will sit and look and engage yeah. and think. In, in any, in any, in exactly. Any, yeah, yeah. Do you have anything else you want to talk I about? Know, I, I could, yeah, but I, I better stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you I, so I, much. Yeah, thanks to you. Thanks. Thank you. And next up, we have Christian Ashman, who had one of my favorite books in the show. It's called The Space in Between. It's very photographic work. He was showing some prints from the series, uh, which is also what's in the book. And he sat down to tell us a little bit about that project. So my name is Christian Ashman. I'm a photographer, and I, I'm here in Copenhagen at the Kunsthal. I came together with, my, with the editor of my last book, Space in between uh, Teofil, mm-hmm. Teofil papers, mm-hmm. and uh, and you're here to uh, to sh- to show this work, and I guess to meet people. Yes, he was present. invited to show a few artists he published, and so he asked me also to to show new pieces of coming out of the book. Right. I mean, I guess that's the big thing for people who don't know is that this show is not just a book fair, but it's actual exhibition too. They're showing works. Uh, from artists who are showing books as well. Yes, and then uh, a further step in the work also. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just a new consideration of the images, and you putting putting them differently together, different size. Right, and I thought that was very interesting because we spoke earlier about this project you have done, um, but it's you. You told me every time you exhibit it, you do it differently. You reinterpret reinterpret the uh, material you exactly. have. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the project, the foundation of the project? The start of the book, um, I spent two months in, Kobe, in Tokyo in 2014 in an artist residency. And uh, the space is called Yukubo Art Space. And uh, the way I explored the city is I first used uh, postcards, which I had in Europe. I had one from my grandfather owned in my collection and the second one I found it on a flea market in Brussels and I quite often use postcards in my work either I publish postcards when I do a project just I want the circulation of the images Mm -hmm. and in this case I had the old ones which I took with me and I really at the beginning of my stay I tried to find other ones and I was especially interested by images after the Second World War, which mm-hmm. was quite difficult to find. I could find a lot before the war, but after the war, I didn't match to find them. What, what is it about those? After the war. Yeah, that specific time period. I, I'm always at, attracted by, um, by the 50s, 60s, 70s, by those kind of images. especially Like the, the printing colors, technology. And the printing and the colors and... Yeah. 
Hmm. It's also my. Uh, I'm from that period, so from the 60s. Mm-hmm. It's maybe a bit nostalgic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you can also say, see the evolution of the town, the architecture. So I, I, I choose images of architecture, mm-hmm. of buildings. Mm-hmm. And you photograph a lot of buildings too. Yes. In your so own. these images, these postcards, were the, um, the departure point for my exploring of the city. Just getting lost in the city and going back to those spots, trying to find the angles back, but not nece- necessarily with the idea to do images before and after. But it was an, an aim. Right, it was some sort of departure point. Yeah, for because I didn't want to go. And the f- my main idea was also, before I left, was to, um, to avoid all the cliché images of... Tokyo, everybody knows. There's a lot of them. <laughs> yes. So I, it was really for me a personal introspection. Right, that. right. So I could have done it somewhere else as well, but it happened that I, I went to Tokyo for two months. Mm. And then you noticed, I noticed, or you told me when you printed this book, you didn't show any uh, so-called complete images. You wrapped no. them around the yeah, page. First, I wanted to say something about the selection process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So one year... After my stay in Tokyo, I worked every day exactly the same day on the on the editing of the images. I went through all the images again with another point of view, with one year behind me. Mm-hmm. And with all those images selected, I started to work on, on the book. It's so hard to edit. You know, like when you, let's say you do a project, you shoot, let's say, I don't know, 3,000 images. How do you make that into 50 images you know yeah that was a long process because I, I when you work alone on projects projects sometimes you're very related to images effectively mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's difficult to get to separate from certain images which you like but are not necessarily interesting right or maybe they're good but they don't work for the project exactly. they're not going to help so the project I move had, forward I, rec- I noticed that I have different kind of writings in my images which mm. I selected hmm. and at that point I went to my, the graphic designer which I already planned to work on the project together we have already done two other books together I said here's my selection so now it's up to you to see what can be done to cut out the ones that I can't bear to cut out myself yeah. And so he went to a very radical uh, selection and he finally chose 15 images. Wow. It was a bit too, <laughs> too short for me. Yeah, yeah. I think that's right. You should have more than 15 because the book does it. The book functions as kind of an overwhelming... It's very heavy, it's very it's, dense. It's its own space. So yeah. That was, a bit, that was not enough for me. Yeah. And then at one point there came the idea... Uh, I, saw, I saw a book where the pages were folded... And that was in some, in some Japanese way. And that gave me an idea to fold my own images. Mm-hmm. And, that, and there came really up the main idea of the book, just to fold the images, to have half images. Some also are vertical images, so, mm-hmm. which I didn't, uh, didn't fold. Right, it's hard sometimes to, different, to figure out yeah. if the image continues or not. Exactly, and I have to... The tendency, mm-hmm. is that correct? Mm-hmm. You have the tendency to when I shoot already, often my images are split into. Ah, okay. By my framing already naturally. Mm. 
Is it very aesthetic for you, this kind of split? It changes, it changes the nature of the image and the way you interact with the image? Or is it more a way of, uh, of, of uh, getting the, the viewer to engage with it? Or? And to get more lost. Mm-hmm. More lost in more that lost. city, more lost in that space. Mm-hmm. And it's becoming fragments of the city. And right, cause I like think the idea of splitting the image is added that idea mm-hmm. more. But yeah, I mean, I think it does work. And like you said earlier too, that you don't uh, you don't necessarily know it's Tokyo. No. You know, these images aren't necessarily. I mean, no, it could have been somewhere else as well. Yeah. yeah but it, I was in that mood at that moment, and for me, it's really the reflection of the state of my mind and my the state in my life. Right. And it was really and starting to fold the images was also for me interesting, just to take more distance of my own work. Mm-hmm. And to go into something different, more... Maybe destroy it a little bit in a weird destroy way. Destroy it a bit. And yeah, that's, I didn't also want to keep the paper fold. Uh, you mean visually? Visually. Yeah. So that's why we printed it uh, recto verso. Right, front to back. Front to back. Yeah. Right, because it's not obvious to avoid at all. also the Japanese uh, touch, right. which you can find in the... Japanese binding right now you kind of mentioned a little bit but I, I wanted to ask do you consider this architectural photography in some way yes right it's not important obviously but it's obviously you know it's you're not very objective <laughs> I don't show necessarily the building in its entire way right Right, it's no document of of no, uh, an architect's no. work, in, and in it's that more sense. work about surfers and uh, texture, mm, texture mm. of the city. Mm-hmm. So now you're done with this book. You're not photographing more, right? Maybe I'm, <laughs> I'm going to use the images, the new ones, adding them to the ones of to Tokyo. I don't know where I'm going. Okay, because I was just thinking you were talking about every time you exhibit it, you reinterpret the works. For the moment, then. yes. So it, this is now the third show where I'm reusing images and showing them in a different way. Right, and here you have some images which are probably about a uh, hundred by a hundred and twenty or forty. Ninety by hundred and twenty centimeters. And as the idea was also, there was the fabric. So I use I choose images which are more into the material, ah, which the, play with the other pieces. I don't know the English word for in the fabric, the tram. The, oh, the pattern. The pattern. Yeah. So that's I, why I used the image, which is a screenshot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have also the the pattern. And the other one, the first one, there's also kind of pattern in the center. Right. So it interacts a little bit. Of fabric. Uh, yeah. Right. Right. So you don't think this project ever will be necessarily done in a weird way. It just gets no, re, anyway. re, re, uh, retooled each time yeah. it gets presented. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also mentioned earlier you're working on a new project with a construction. Yeah, for a moment I'm following the construction of a quite big building, six buildings in fact, in Luxembourg. Mm. So I'm following this construction for the next five years. Okay, so this is not anything we're going to see soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. And now we're moving on to some of the actual publishers from the event. We have Bruno Cheschel from Self-Publish Be Happy, who is easily my favorite publisher who was at this event. 
Their platform is just as much about books as it is about engagement with the public, about books and about publishing. And that's, uh, in fact, why I like them so much. Yes. So, uh, hello. Welcome back to the program. Do you remember uh, Do you remember from two years ago when I was here? I do. I do. Uh, it's quite a different show they have this time around. Very much so. In terms of uh, <laughs> the supermarket versus the uh, art hall exhibition space. Do you, uh, do you have any, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people really enjoyed the supermarket. Did you, was that a format you thought fit well for you or was that? Uh... Um, I think it was an interesting experiment. And in a way we were performing for the audience of the supermarket or the people that came to the supermarket. Um, possibly not the best way to sell books. Right. Um, but it was an interesting Exercise, I guess. There was a nice dialogue between people who would otherwise never have seen art yeah. books, you know, would not have, but they wouldn't necessarily buy it even if they were forced to look at it. Yeah, and also people understand content based on the context of that's around it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so we understand an art book in a library or in a bookshop or in a museum. Um, possibly less so in a supermarket, right? Not next to the beer in the yeah. house or frozen food. <laughs> well, I think I think uh, your publishing imprint is is really really interesting, and you have a a kind of a different way of doing what could be seen as the same thing as a lot of people. Do you uh, can you tell us a little bit about self published Be Happy and what the impetus was for you to start it and do this? Um, well, so Publish Piepi um, started with the realization that there were a lot of interesting books made by artists that um, needed to be or should have been seen by um, the general audience or an audience. Um, so it started as a platform for these publications. So people, artists send their own publication, they become part of the library and um, or once you say collection and then um, they are posted online so people can have a look at them and purchase them directly um, uh, to the um, artists and publishers and then so Publish PAP kind of grown into a curatorial projects um, as well as its own publishing house so we also make our own books um, we have a program of events uh, that often we do in partnership with other organizations um, we have a SPBH TV, a YouTube channel where we commission moving image work um, so I guess we're different in a sense that um, we are quite experimental and we are not afraid to try different thing in different contexts um, yeah but I mean to me one of the things that's been very different about you guys has been the effort in dissemination you've done like just like you already mentioned you have a YouTube channel you do a lot of collaborations with other institutions uh, you have a, a, a club people can sign up for to receive newer newest publications it's a, it's a membership program yeah uh, and that, to me, seems like you're reaching farther than a lot of other experimental publishers. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess it's partly to do with uh, the kind of cultural landscape um, today that it kind of varies and pretty mutable and 
fast changing. Um, so there's a kind of sense of keeping up with mm. things. Um, and also we get bored quite easily about things. <laughs> so there's <laughs> a people's face. Well, sometimes it's just kind of... I think I also admire people that stick on something specific and they excel on it. Right. Um, why we just like to try different things. Do you come from a curatorial background? or what I actually don't. I come from uh, uh, I studied sociology and I worked in magazines. Um, and I lecture in um, photography and contextual studies. Okay, so you were interested in the content before? I would have been interested in content, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, um, yeah, I often... I never think about content, or rarely think about content in a three-dimensional space. So it was kind of interesting for me to, even though I created exhibitions, um, but coming here to Charlottenburg and do work on, with an artist on an exhi- in an exhibition was a um, interesting exercise for me. It's not something that I really do much. Right, right, and it's just a completely different format. And it goes back to the uh, discussions we had on Thursday at the seminar about exhibiting books and how it really is. You know, trying to mash two contexts together which don't really work. Uh, yeah. Or at least it's very hard. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting because the, we didn't have to exhibit books in an exhibition, which is something that I don't think work. I mean, I haven't seen it work. Yeah. But um, I think the idea was to take the content and develop it in something else hmm. uh, in a three dimensional space. And I think Luke Statner, who I worked with, um, has done a really good job but also because of his practice um, he made a book before but um, his practice mostly uh, sculptural and installation um, as well as um, photography in form of collages mostly Mm. Um, so yeah for him this is not something extraordinary from his normal practice Mm. right do you think, I mean, you're part of this, uh, I don't, I, I, I lack the right words, I wouldn't call it a movement, but this uh, this sort of boom in, in bookmaking uh, brought about especially by the accessibility of publishing and the ease of use. Uh, do you think we're going to reach some sort of burnout, some sort of peak book, some sort of, you know, something that's happened? Because even, let's just look at the last five to eight years, there's been a huge yeah. Resurgence in interest in art book and just the amount of art book markets there are or events there are now. Um, I think we have kind of plateaus, in, and is is it gonna reduce itself? Yeah, maybe. Um, is that a problem? I don't know. Possibly not. Well, I mean, good stuff tends to float to the top. Whatever problems you might have with art and you know the dissemination process that brings it about. Yeah. I mean, I think also now the the artist book is part of a conversation, and it, I feel like it's going to be here to stay. Um, is it going to be? It's probably not going to feel like a novelty as it has been in the last few years. But 
that isn't a problem. Right. Well, there's been an orgy of access. Anybody can self-publish and do their things. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. And and the name, you know, you call it self-publish, be happy. And and does that have to do with this uh, idea that you can do it yourself? I mean, because as far as I understand, you still curate content, but do you also help people produce books who have expressed their own interest in producing books? I don't really. I mean, we we run workshops where, um, which is more kind of educational. Um, I mean, the workshop are two days. Um, I've been doing many of them in different countries, and people come and and they have a kind of chance to um, work on their material with our support. Mine. Sometimes there's a designer that helps as well, mm. um, but we don't produce books for others. We pr- we have produced books for companies, but not for mm. single and people. How many books do you put out a year on your imprint? Uh, not that many. They're like three or four. Okay. So more about quality than content. Yeah, also, <laughs> we're doing too many other things. We're not a very dedicated publisher. And, you know, we kind of handpick a couple of projects that we really care about um, mm. every year. Mm. So do you have any idea about the future, or is it more just kind of like keep seeing what happens, keep working, keep meeting people, etc.? Yeah, I mean, we're doing bigger and bigger commission. For the second year, we are at a modern um, creating a program of events over the course of a weekend um, which engage a kind of broader audience that it's not just a, a, the people in the known of the community um, so and that to me is is very interesting as an experience uh, we might start working um, on a tour um, so I think a kind of broader engagement uh, is what I'm interested which is pulling two parts because on one hand we're interested in kind of engaging the kind of general audience on the other hand like the book we look is a very it's you know it's a very quite obscure book um, that you sort of have to be equipped to be able to read right. um, and I think those two things can exist together I don't see them as conflicting Right, well, it doesn't always have to be the same, right? You can do different levels of yeah. work that apply to different uh, areas. I think the book you made for Johan is also beautiful. I bought one of those just because it was such a fantastic object and it worked so well as a, 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 a space for his work. Yeah. You know, but that and it's quite be, a difficult book, too. <laughs> exactly, that's what I mean. Yeah. Is it, could be totally, it could be called yeah. obscure as well. Yeah. But then, you know... Um, you know, like other artists, um, I commissioned to do performances and the performances they thought about um, reflecting or they practice in relation to a live audience. So they thought, they framed it in a different way that clearly is different from uh, the book form. Um, right. So it helps really to, to jump boundaries, to not think of, of book publishing as simply book publishing but to think more in terms of an entire platform that engages with people on many different levels and brings people in at an entry point that may, they, that may be the right one for them. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the different publisher um, here, you know, most of them operate in different uh, fields. You know, is it fashion, music, uh, curatorial projects or uh, gallery or... So um, I think it's partly the nature of the independent publishers... That um, probably the kind of more interesting one I would hope. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, anything else you want to mention? Not that I can think of. 
<laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much for your thank time. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. And finally, we have Ose A. Jansen, who has one of those names you really can't say anyway except for in Danish. She's one of the co-founders of Pist Prata, which is a venerable publishing institute here in Denmark. Anyone from around here knows exactly who that is. They have been around since 1981, and they have this, this magazine-slash-publishing uh, house. It was perfect for me because since I'm not around here, I had a bunch of stupid questions saved up that uh, everyone from here knows the answers to. So uh, I finally got a chance to ask those questions. Well, this is a, uh, a really good chance for me because I'm not from Denmark originally. Okay. So everybody here knows Pist Prata. Yes, the okay. uh, publication mm-hmm. you are a co-founder of, right? Yes. So now is my chance to ask those stupid yeah. questions, yeah. which everybody knows. But what exactly is Peace Prata, and where did it come from? Well, we started. We lived up in the northern part of Jutland when we started, and mm-hmm. I think we were like twenty-one, twenty-two of age when mm-hmm. we when we started. And it was in the first place, it was like you could do a publication and it was interesting to do a publication because you could collect a lot of material in the publication was that like uh, technically it was possible or you could get support to do it or what do you mean you could do it no, we, we sort of we did it ourselves mm. at that time there was in Aarhus there was a, a place where you could go and you could come in from the street and you could print on a very small offset printer Ah. And so you could actually do the thing yourself. So you physically did. Wow! Physically yeah. did it, and and then we just wanted to try to do it, and we we put down some rules. Like it's one of the first rules. What was that? It should never look like itself. It should always change format, and if possible, it should change how to be printed and so on. But format at least, and you should. We shouldn't use the same typography. Like we would, it should be more like free. So it was a dogmatic rule, but I think it has been rather good because you can. Then you can always say to yourself that because you did this, you can't do it one other time. So you have to look for another way to do it. Well, I mean that goes exactly against what you would normally think a magazine would be. Yeah. They have the it, same yeah. cover, the same font, the same layout. Maybe yeah. they change once every five years or something, but you know, it's basically yeah. the same branding yeah. the whole way through. But so, it's it's it sets a lot of of possibilities free to have this this uh, rule actually. Mm. So now you guys are by far the, the 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 magazine that's existed the longest, the art magazine in Denmark. Well, I th- I'm not quite sure we are by far because there are some other small ones, but we have to right now. I've forgotten the name, so we have to. Yeah, ask. there you go. That's <laughs> <laughs> some of the yes, but but uh, we are one of the of the oldest. Yeah, and but I think that what is. Again, it's like you could say that in a way it's it's like a, um, a caricature of a, of a magazine because we have this rule that we change, and then we have an ambi- ambition to sort of be art instead of being about art. So right. you wouldn't find like a a big uh, uh, report on any kind of uh, art material. It would more be more 
like you could say it's on the on the printed materials premise, but it's it still has a some kind of originality right it's not it's not some it's not art forum it's not journalistic mm. uh, view no. on arts or anything yeah. like that um, but I mean I, I think it's pretty uh, commendable and astounding that you guys have been doing it this yeah, long I, think, I mean it's I a ton in of a work way, in, in, in a way we must be both stupid and stubborn <laughs> that's the best combination <laughs> yeah but but then when I think that I had the feeling that when we reached number 10 or something it started to be really worth doing it because you have sort of put out a kind of body that will grow when mm. you make a new mm. so and what's interesting to me as well is that we have done the whole you could say digital revolution with with the media right you guys have been through the whole thing analog yeah. What year did it start? We we started it. We started that it was analog. What year was that though? I th- in 1981. 81. Yeah. 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 I mean, so you guys have been through the whole ride from yes. the 70s era's offset yeah. printing technology and binding straight through now, where you can get it printed in Lithuania yeah. and shipped up here yeah. or, or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, what's the name come from? The name is, we were looking for something that you would think would mean something and then doesn't. And, and then there was this, this story and all of us tells it differently. But um, this Jesper sitting down mm-hmm. back here, mm-hmm. he, was, he, he uh, took courses in, in old Norwe- Norwegian. All Nordic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the original Norwegian, yeah. old Scandinavian yeah. language. And and then he liked to sort of drop a word here and there. And he wrote to a mutual friend of ours, and he had found, he had made his own word like list thvata. It's with this uh, uh, letter that's spelled the, and it looks a little bit like a p. Mm. And um, the, the meaning of the word combined would be um, art wash. Art wash. <laughs> and, and then this, guy, this uh, mutual friend, he wrote back, well, I don't really understand what you are doing there in your pissed prota. And so we sort of was given, given the name. That was the name he invented? To, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, what has happened for you guys in terms of, you know, it's obviously been around for so, so many years. How has it changed in your mind as a, a tool for exhibiting art or making art? Mm, oh, that's a more, that's, that's a broader question. Maybe I'll have to answer yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, that would try. be personally, yeah. obviously, for you. Yeah. Why? Why? I mean, the question really I mean at its root. In a way, it has been all the way through a kind of laboratory uh, where we could sort of get ideas and try them out. And things, I'm working as a graphic designer as well, and things I couldn't do in my graphic designer life, I could, or things that I've done in Pisprata, I would use later. Or, mm things I could be done there and a platform so for experimentation platform. Yeah, yeah absolutely and and then I think that that the way 
it's also a, a, a platform that you speak from when you're sort of um, trying to connect with people. Mm-hmm. And if we want to invite somebody, it's sort of the whole, the whole pile of peace protests that we stand on now. So right. the diversity is, is important. Right. Well, I mean, you guys seen so much come and go in a mm. way. And you, like you say, the pile, you stand on this archive you can show mm. and talk about. Um, but, I mean, I'm thinking also it's, 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 it's a huge amount of work to produce a magazine. Yes. So, I mean, there must be some times when it's three in the morning and you're working on it and you're just thinking, oh, my God. What, yeah, you know? yeah, and often we, ha- we have this, we're not coming regularly, but we try to come with two issues a year. Mm. But sometimes it will be by the end of September and start of January. <laughs> so It comes when there's time and space yeah. for it. Yeah. And and sometimes, of course, it's it's really um, it's tough. Mm. And sometimes, yeah, I, I think that each issue has a tough period. Mm. Yeah, right. At the time where you think it's never going to work. Yeah. Or it's but then again, I think that it gives it's emancipating in a way. Mm. So because there's always a place where you could put something in this and and that it is a collaborative work is important as well. Yeah. Right, and like you said, it probably opens doors um, both personally inside yourself with ideas mm. for your work and also with other people. One of the reasons I started this show was in order to meet people and talk to people mm. because I'm not from here and I wanted to have this discussion. Yes. And that, you know, having some sort of platform or format to do it in yeah, yeah. is, is a fantastic the same way. In a way yeah. With this platform, which is in, indeed a platform. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the thing, the problem I'm having, and I'm sure you guys have been through a lot, is uh, questions of funding because there's no yes. money in this sort yes. of thing. For. Um, quite a while I mean many years we have a slide funding from the from slide state funding mm-hmm. there's um, you know we have this kunst funding mm-hmm. and there's um, the the uh, selection committee yeah something like that yeah for uh, for uh, um, magazines art uh, not not only art magazines, but magazines as such. Mm, right, uh, publications. But, but culture yeah. magazines. So it might be, f- for instance, a magazine that's given out by museums or something like that. But, yeah. So they have... They've, we are getting something from them each year. Mm. Have is, been. Is that a permanent thing, to, or do you have to no, apply every we time? Have to apply. See, that's the problem, or yeah. that's not the problem. It gets easier with time, but it's a lot of work not to have a stable yes. foundation yes. to work on. Yeah. I mean, luckily, and we have to. Do, we have also to, of course, to think whether sometimes uh, in between we have to think whether we would stop it if we don't get funding, or whether would we carry on, and how could we carry on? So. Right, because you can put all the time you want into the, you know, all the time you have into it, but it's another question when the printing costs yeah, come out of your own pocket. That, or, yeah, exactly. So. That's another thing. But I mean, I think at this point, you guys are a uh, an institution in the Danish arts world. We we think we 
tend to think of ourselves as an institution. Yes. Mm. Cool. Well, thank you for telling me about it. I appreciate okay. it. I'm very glad to tell you. <laughs> Thanks. Cool, guys. That was it. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you do take the time to check out some of the images and some of the works which were on display. You can find links to each and every publisher and artist on the 1000 Books website, which we've linked to as well. There was so much more than we even started to get to. So that was another one of our occasional forays into public life. Keep an eye out for us in the future. You can find info about events we partake in on our Twitter and Facebook page. Indeed. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Undergang Armchair. The intro and outro music was kindly provided by Johnny Ripper, and today's interstitial music was provided by The Passion Hi-Fi. You can find links to their music and tons of other conversations with great people on our publishing pile of a website, undergang.net. If you do like the show, we would greatly appreciate it if you'd take a moment to leave a review or star on iTunes so others can find us. This show is produced in part with the kind support of the Danish Arts Council. And that was episode 80, huh? How about that? Thank you so much for joining us.